0: wouldn't believe it a friend of mine sent me a copy of prison to praise i read and enjoyed it but i warned other readers to be careful as it could be taken wrong i could not bring myself to thank god for something he did not cause i know sickness sorrow and pain are from the enemy then i became ill i went to a physician and learned i had gallbladder trouble this was monday the next day your book power and praise was given to me i could hardly put it down but i kept saying to myself i will not say it i will not say it no no way i cried at some incident in each chapter i could not tell the holy spirit but he was speaking to me in love finally i said Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my gallbladder. And he said, What gallbladder? I began to cry all the more and had to quit reading, for I could not see the words. Later, I returned to the book and read where a couple had thanked God for their totally psychotic daughter. I thought, If they can thank God for her being completely insane, I could surely muster up enough courage to thank him for my bad gallbladder. Still still weeping, I managed to cry out, Thank you, Lord, for my gallbladder. Thank you, Lord, for my bad gallbladder. Instantly, the pain began to leave. I had been rebelling against God. I was rebelling against the truth of his word. I thank the Lord for this new idea that is 2,000 years old. In my rebellion, I had refuse to see it the author comments there are many things that we can refuse to see in god's word we often decide what we want to believe and cling to no matter what his word says god has promised to bless anyone who will trust him are you willing to believe that he can bless even you and the scripture is ecclesiastics 110 from the amplified Is there anything of which it may be said, See, this is new? It has already been. Word of mouth. Next story. I should never be able to thank God enough for allowing me to attend three of your services. Your message on praising God has changed my whole life. Although I have been a spirit-filled Christian for many years, Since hearing you, I've been able to have a victory over problems that had gone on for 30 years. The author comments, Reading about praising God does help us, but hearing about it from others can have an even greater effect. You can let praise of your lips influence the lives of those around you. You may be amazed at the hundreds of opportunities you can find every day to say, Thank you, Lord for all the little things that happens. Your praising will be contagious to those around you, and they will pass it on to others. Your casual, yet un- intentional praise can spread around the world. Faith comes from hearing the message, Romans ten seventeen. I was a wreck. It is 2.30 in the morning, and I have just finished reading Power and Praise. This is a new letter. I was a wreck. My parents divorced in 1951 when I was three years old. I grew up an emotional cripple with a lovely facade to hide it all. In desperation and loneliness, I married a boy I did not love. Could not love because I was a lesbian. The marriage ended in divorce, but only after I had born a child. I received custody of our son. I was content financially secure and had no need or desire for God I blew lots of pot and took a lot of LSD as a result I lost my job and spent a month in an institution since that day almost a year ago my bad luck has increased last January I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and delivered from homosexuality I was happy and thankful temporarily Then I turn away from God, and my worldly problems overwhelm me again. Bills and trouble have piled up in irritating stacks. I have no job, no prospects, and no money. A few hours ago, I was in a charismatic prayer meeting and was given your book. I didn't feel any better for having gone to the meeting, but when I started reading your book, my heart began to change. I read a few pages and cried and read more and more and cried some more. Now I know why I'm in such a mess. Rebellious as I have been, God had to break me to draw me back to himself. I cheerfully beg his forgiveness and thank him for the circumstances that have brought me back. There aren't words to describe my joy. The author comments... What a beautiful testimony of the love of God reaching down to redeem the lost. Frequently, we cannot understand what God is doing or permitting to happen. Please learn wisdom from this letter and apply it in your own life. Instead of fear and impatience, believe that God is working for your good. He will take whatever Satan is doing to you or to your loved ones and use it to bless and help you. God will not force our obedience, but he will use circumsence to help us make a right choice. P.S. It has been several months since this woman entered a life of praise. She says her joy and strength are increasing. And scripture for this letter is 1 Peter 1.7 NIV. These trials have come so that your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Amen. Our next letter is titled, He Needed Help. A man in our office was in trouble, but he didn't know it. He was very well educated though he knew more than the boss did and frequently made his attitude known to the boss himself. It was evident to me that the boss was disgusted with this man. If he were to be fired, I knew the man would fall apart. He had more problems than anyone i ever known. His wife had divorced him and taken nearly everything he had. He was a sexual deviate. His nerves were so bad, his hand would shake when he was perturbed about anything his stomach was upset all the time he was an alcoholic and I could go on and on I felt sorry for this man and I prayed for him daily but he continued to get worse he was demoted to a very inferior position but had no understanding that it was his own fault your book prison of praise was given to me and I decided to try praising God for this man I thank God for the man as he was, and I believe God will use his problems to help him. I heard the Lord speak to me as I have never heard him before. He said, go to his church and pray for him. But Lord, I protested, he is a Catholic and I am a Protestant. Go to his church and pray. So, hmm, to his church I went. It was the United Nations, United Nations Catholic Chapel in New York. Everything was very strange to me. But while praying, I experienced a wonderful joy and peace that God was going to help that man. God must have really lit my face up for the priest and someone to ask who I was. When I returned to the office the next day, to my amazement, I heard the man saying to the boss, I'm sorry, sir, I made a mistake. He had never shown any humility. From that day on, his attitude and conduct continued to change for the better. I'm excited about the idea of praising the Lord for people as they are. The author comments on this letter. People with every problem we can think of surrounds us. Our natural reaction is to avoid those who have the greatest needs. They are obnoxious, arrogant, weak, or act as if they do not want our help. But if they come to our attention, God has a specific reason for bringing them into our lives. Seeing that they need help takes no love on our part. However, if we learn to thank the Lord for them as they are, He will release His love into us to help them. Please do not turn away from those you dislike. They are God's gifts to you. They will help you learn about Christ's love. When you feel irritation rising within you, let the power of praise counteract it. Jesus will use your praise to meet their needs. And your own distresses will be turned to joy as you see God working. Whenever anyone gives himself over to rejoicing and thanking God for all things miracles happen gifts of the spirit begin to manifest in that person praise for and to god literally opens the way for the holy spirit to bring new insight and understanding to us in the above case the writer was given a spiritual insight that enabled her to help another person and scripture is found in james one seventeen. Every good and perfect will is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Amen. Our next letter is called Deliberate Sin. This is the first time that I have ever really thought about praising God for all things. I am still puzzled by one thing. Should we praise him for sins in our lives? If I, through a rebellious or negligent heart, sin, I have gone against God's plan for my life, haven't I? He didn't want me to sin, did he? For example, I know I should be meeting with the Lord every day in his book and in prayer that requires discipline on my part. But if I, because I don't feel like it, decide not to have my quiet time that day, I am sinning. So... How can I praise God for not having my devotions? If I deliberately neglect to do what he has commanded, shouldn't I be asking God for forgiveness? Maybe what I'm saying is that praising God implies that it wasn't my fault, that he wanted it to happen to me, but does God want sin in our lives? Another example, an extreme one, if I deliberately plotted to kill someone Went out and did it. How could I praise God for that? I can see praising God for the fact that my car conks out. But can I really praise him if it conked out because I deliberately refused to put gas in it? Really, I am confused. Is there anything you can say that would answer some of these questions? There is one area of my life where Satan continually bugs me. And that's my immoral past. I am now 21, and I am attending a university. God moved in my life in a great way about two years ago, and I committed my life to him. As best as I knew how, until that time, I had not been the purest of women. I want to forget that. God has forgiven me for those things, but Satan keeps bringing these experiences into my mind. It says in Colossians 3, Philippians 4, and many other places that we should set our minds on godly things. I try to do this, but I must admit that Satan sometimes wins. I would appreciate it and thank the Lord if you would pray that Christ will have victory in these areas of my life. I don't want to sin. And the author comments, I know that it sounds really strange to praise God for sins in our lives. But if we fail to praise God for one thing, we open wide the door to fail to praise him for many things. Once we determine that we will praise him for all things, a major victory has been won. It is true that we may have to suffer in this life for the sins that we commit, but there is another glorious reality about sin. It points to our urgent need of Christ's forgiveness. The less we understand that he forgives us, the more inclined we are to proceed him in our old sinful ways of life. However, the more we believe he forgives us, the more we want to flee from sin. Ideally, devotion should not be an act of obedience to God. Devotions are an opportunity to hear from our Lord who loves us and to talk with him. Until we understand this, devotions will never be an enjoyable part of our lives. Can you imagine how strained a love relationship would be if they felt as though they were obligated to read the letters written to one another? God does not want our obligation. He wants our love. If a person were deliberately plotting to murder someone, they could not honestly praise God. If following the act they realize their sin and ask God for forgiveness, he could use the terrible sin to work out something good. He used the murder of his own son to bring salvation to mankind. She is afraid that she is breaking God's laws, is unworthy of his love, and does not have the right to praise him for everything. But the more we praise God for our weaknesses or failures, the less we will want to do these things. It is clear that feeling guilty has not helped her. Physical acts, whatever they may be, are never as likely to separate us from God as our lack of love for him. Satan cannot stand an atmosphere of worship and praise God to God. Anything we thank God for our weaknesses, a marvelous power is released to help us receive Christ's strength in their place never use praise as an excuse for sin use sin as a reason for praise again Satan cannot stand in atmosphere of worship and praise to God anytime we thank God for our weaknesses a marvelous power is released to help us receive Christ's strength in their place amen and the scripture is first Timothy 115 New King James Version This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners Of whom I am chief Amen and amen The word of the Lord A letter was written in by a lady She titled it Sick, Sick, Sick a remark you made in answers to praise prompts me to write you said if praying has left you with nothing but discouragement try the prayer of praise and thanksgiving I don't want this to be a completely negative letter but I have to tell it like it is I am going through a terrible time I see my personality and character disintegrating despair and worry are killing me My daughter has an affliction that does not allow her to grow or develop as a young girl should. She is only four feet seven and is almost 17 years old. She is lonely, feels rejected, and is emotionally disturbed. She doesn't have a single friend. She is home alone seven nights and days a week. Surely this is not a loving God's plan for her. She has to take hormones for the rest of her life. And we know hormones are dangerous. Now, how do I pray? Do I thank God for her affliction, for her loneliness, for her unhappiness? Do I thank God for her mystery and complete lack of the normal fun and companionship she so longs for? Please, please, how do I pray? What do I say? Our Lord Jesus did not like to see illness and unhappiness, and He healed. Please help me out of this web of confusion and hopelessness. There is so much in the way. My relationship with my husband is empty, and I'm always dogged by feelings of guilt. That's fine if the Holy Spirit is convicting me. But along with conviction, I need help. I really don't know how to pray anymore. I love Jesus, but I am far from him. Only God can help my family and me. Can you tell me what is wrong? Something is holding me back. But what? Please, if you can, tell me what I need to do and how to pray. And I'll do it. The author comments, Jesus hung on the cross alone, betrayed, rejected, and hated. He suffered an agony of body and soul that few humans could understand. But what does that do for us? His suffering was to provide each one of us with health, as well as the joys and peace that are unmoved by circumstances. He wants us to receive them, but we must believe that he is using our problems to help us so that our faith in Jesus can begin to grow. Up to this point, this woman has chosen to think about everything bad. She must choose now to praise God for his love and for the gift of his son 70 times 7 times every day. When a fearful or unhappy thought comes, we can reject it, replace it with thanksgiving for sight, hearing, limbs, lungs, everything we can think of. What has been a sad, unlovely disposition, we begin to shine. Our friends and family will notice nothing is so beautiful as a woman filled with praise to God. Our praise can open the door to healing for our entire family. Remember this, God feels our pain. He understands and wants to help us. He is limited only by our faith to believe him. As we praise him, our faith and joy will grow. Our testimony will then reach many others. He, Jesus, is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. Hebrews 7.25. When a negative thought. Start thanking God for anything around you. Your fingers, your toes, your eyes. And go through the process of thanking God for anatomy and everything around you. Because all it is, is a habit. Depression. And unhappiness is a habit. And we need to change the habit with spontaneous praise and thanksgiving. So we get to a point where we look at something and, and we get satisfaction out of it. We get joy out of it because we chosen to do that subconsciously. Okay, our next story is cancer and leukemia. I have read your book *A Prison to Praise and I can't resist writing to you to let you know how much it has helped me. When I was 10 years old my father killed my mother. He was sent to prison and I to live with my aunt and uncle. I married when I was 20. At 22 I lost my husband to cancer, but I was blessed with his child. Now 6 years later my present husband and I have been told that our daughter had leukemia. This news, this news shattered me. I didn't see how I could face two bouts with the dreaded disease. My first urge was to race home and kill myself. But before I got home, my plan left my mind. I returned to the hospital with an overpowering urge to talk to our preacher. He came at once and offered us his help. That night at church, I went down front asking for special prayer. During the prayer session I forgave my father for killing my mother and prayed that he would receive peace of mind. I have been praying for a daughter's total recovery, but until I read your book I was not praising God for these trials. I now got a new understanding of God and his will. Thank you for sharing experiences. Thank you for sharing your experiences. The the comments of the author. When we try to carry the burdens of tragedies in our lives, Satan will often suggest, go ahead and kill yourself. However, if we turn these problems over to God, his spirit will suggest, be at peace. I will abundantly supply everything that you need. The sick often say, but where is God when I need him most? He is there urging us to give our problems to him. When we praise him, our faith releases his power to supply the grace and peace we need. This letter illustrates the deliverance from fear and anger that God wants to give each of his children the deliverance. The problem itself may remain, but the result is that we are victorious through Jesus who strengthens us. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Philippians 419 NIV. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Our next letter is titled, Grin and It." I heard you speak in St. Louis in August of 1970 at a full gospel businessmen convention. When you began speaking, I gritted my teeth. I had a preconceived idea of what a message by an army colonel would be like. I settled back in my seat, prepared to grin and bear it, not too happy about the whole matter. Then, much to my surprise, you really caught my interest. Your message was quite long, but not nearly long enough to suit me. I wanted you to go on and on for hours. Preconceived ideas went out of the window. Your message left a greater impression on me than on anyone I had ever heard. I bought your book, Prison to Praise, and it changed my life. I began praising God for everything, both good and bad, as I did, my joy and peace increase. It's so much better to be happy and thankful than unhappy and complaining. The author comments, "Yes, being thankful for everything is very difficult to grasp, and so is atomic energy. Yet most people believe in atomic power because they have heard about it from sources they consider reliable. At least a million people in our country and thousands around the world are declaring that praising God is setting them free from pain they had struggled with or for many years. If it works, why not use it? Proverbs seventeen twenty two amplifies this A happy heart is a good medicine and a cheerful mind works healing Proverbs seventeen twenty two. A happy heart is a good medicine, and a cheerful mind works healings. Our next story is titled "Electric Polisher." Electric Polisher. I have postponed writing this letter for over a month for two reasons. One. I wanted to make sure that the spectacular change that has taken place in my life because of following your advice to praise God in everything was not just a fluke or one of those highs that happen in a Christian life. Two, once thoroughly convinced that this was not a passing thing, I haven't been able to think of words in which I could adequately express my appreciation to you For yielding yourself to God so that he could use you to tell us these truth. I could go on for pages, but I'll spare you that. I would like, however, to tell you of one incident that happened. About four or five days ago, after I began to take seriously this business of praising God in everything, I was working on my business polishing and waxing cars for dealers and getting them ready for sale. The electric buffer I was using snatched the heavy chrome strip off the side of a car and wound it up around the wheel. Of the buffer, like a clock spring, the end of the strip slapped my wrists at 2,800 RPMs. I couldn't shut the buffer off because the switch was defective and I couldn't drop it. I had to go and pull the plug. I suppose the end of the strip struck my wrist 400 or 500 times. It was very painful. Do you know what I found myself saying while this was going on? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I would no more have expected to praise God under those circumstances than to be dancing a jig on top of a new car. I was sure my wrist was ruined. I was particularly concerned because my left wrist has been frozen, made entirely immovable by osteomyelitis ever since I was 13. While one stiff wrist has never been any great handicap to me, the possibility of having two of them was not attractive. Later, my right wrist had the worst pain I ever experienced. It lasted about two minutes, although it seemed like half an hour. And again, I found myself saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. My speaking could not have been more involuntarily. It just came out of me. I believe in that moment, God set and healed the broken bones in my wrists. When the doctor x-rayed my wrist, she asked me if I had ever injured the wrist before. I told her that I hadn't. And she said, That's very strange. There was evidence in the x-ray that some of the bones had been broken and healed. I have other problems in my life, but there is evidence that God is working in them. And I know that they are as good as done. I am thanking God for the solutions and enjoying being relieved of the burden of the problems. I don't know how he's going to work them out, but I know he will. Isn't he a wonder? If I don't see you while I'm in this dilapidated house in which I currently reside, I shall search for you near the throne so that I may express my love and gratitude. The author comments, There is nothing complicated about a simple faith in God. It only seems complicated because we, in our frustrations, make it so. Childlike faith is nothing more than believing that God has supplied our need before we see any evidence that he has done so. Let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy. Psalms 511. Page 27. I don't understand. A friend gave me the Power and Praise and Prison Prisoner Praise books. I read every word, and I have been expecting something to happen to me, too. I asked God to stop me from crying every day and feeling sorry for myself, but nothing happens. My husband divorced me after 19 years of marriage. He was not much fun, but he was very good to me. We were together all the time now i am alone 61 years old and so lonely and miserable i cry every day and it does not help one bit i don't understand why so many good things happen to those people in your book and nothing good happens to me what can i do i still love my husband and can't get him out of my mind the few friends i have left are tired of my crying so I am so am I could you please tell me what I can do I have faith in the Lord read the Bible every day and go to church regularly the altar comments what can this dear lady do huh. my answer is Start believing that he is using every experience in her life to bring something good to her. Again, start believing that he is using every experience in her life to bring something good to her. Her faith will release all of God's power to do for her what he already wants to do. Our fears and anxieties are the very thing that holds back his power. She says, I have faith in the Lord. This is exactly what God wants us to have. But what she does not have, as we praise him constantly with every ounce of determination, that we have our confidence that God is going to use all of our experiences for our good, will bring us into His joy, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. Romans 5, 3 to 5. Discourage none. Praise be to God for your book, Prison of Praise. Until I read it, I was discouraged. Catholic none. I was seriously thinking of giving up this life and God. But now, praising God for everything, I am happy and content in doing the work of the Lord. This joy and peace, I feel, is something I have never felt before. I am getting my... Pupils to praise God for everything. Also, thanks again for making my life beautiful. God bless you always. The author writes, There are discouraged people in every occupation, but God is using praise to bring deliverance. He is enthroned with our praises and delights to give us his joy and peace. Scriptures is Isaiah 49, 23. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. Isaiah 49, 23. Our next letter is entitled, From Prison. Praising the Lord for difficult circumstances revolutionized my life. I am in the county jail on a 10-year probation violation and on a burglary charge. I also have a narcotics charge pending. But my worries, grudges, strains, and fears have disappeared through God's gift of praise. When I first came to the county jail, I was sick of life. I was here two weeks when I read Prisoner of Praise that that same day I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord and received the wonderful baptism in the Holy Spirit. A month later, I read Power and Praise and that did it. Now my cell was filled with praise. After reading of Praise, I was still a little confused about the power and praise. But when I read Power and Praise, my confusion disappeared. Life is so much more beautiful in this world. Now that I have the Heavenly Father with me, the Lord has shown me that being confined in a reformatory twice before was also part of his plan. Please pray with us for the Lord's lost sheep who are in our tank here at the jail. Pray that they will have the courage to lay down their lives for Jesus Christ. Amen. And all of God's people, God bless those prisoners. Thank you, God, for those prisoners. Thank you for the hardening of their hearts. Thank you, God, for all the prisoners all around the world, just the way they are. We thank you for their lives. Amen. The author comments, If God can turn a jail cell into a place of praise and joy, how about the place where you live? Would you like to do something for the inmates of the more than 2 million jail cells in the United States? By providing copies of Prisoner of Praise, the Foundation of Praise will help you do that. During 1972, 35 men were murdered inside the prisons of just one state. The power of God's Holy Spirit is needed to change lives in those places. The scripture is John 10, 10 and 11. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd I have come that they may have life And have it more abundantly I am the good shepherd John 10, 10 and 11 Our next letter is entitled Sun on fire I read your book and thought I read your book and thought I can never praise God for my son being like he is. He's a dirty, long hair, dirty clothes, won't get a job, and the drunkenness and drugs are too much for any mother to stand, let alone be thankful for. But a nagging thought keeps turning in my mind. Nothing else has worked. Maybe God is trying to tell me something. or what do you got to lose one night some of my son's friends brought him home and carried him into our living room they laid his unconscious drunken body on the heart in front of the fireplace when they left i sat in a chair and looked at him god how could i thank you for that i heard i want you to thank me but i can't was all i could say As I sat there looking at him and shaking my head in despair, I saw smoke rising from my son. The flames in the fireplace had caught his clothes on fire. I ran over and smothered the blaze with my hands. While my hands were still on him, I had an overpowering urge to pray. Okay, okay, God, I thank you for my son exactly as he is. I wept as I prayed. To my surprise, my son sat straight up and said, Mother, did you mean that? Yes, I did, son. He went off to bed. The next morning, I saw him in the bathroom with a big pair of scissors cutting off his dirty hair. Why are you doing that? I asked him. I'm going to try to get a job. And I know I can't get one unless I cut some of this off. What a surprise that was. In that afternoon he came back and said, I have found a job yet. No, I haven't found a job yet, but I remember something I want to do. He went into his bedroom and brought out two handful of materials he said were for taking drugs. I don't know if I can change, mother, but I have a strong urge to try to be what you want me to be. My comments, the author comments, God can do in a moment of time what parents could not accomplish in years of criticism, complaining, or urging. Parents may want many things from their children, but only God can change a human being. He can take everything, even the bad, and use it to help those who love those we love. He may not always do it, in the twinkling of an eye, but he has his own perfect time schedule. And the scripture is Matthew 19:26. With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Page 33. God, I need your help. The church I attend has taught me nothing but the wrath and judgment of God. This has put me in great bondage and fear. I have no confidence in myself and no love for God. When I was younger, I loved God, but hearing about his wrath for so long has caused all love to leave me. It is difficult for me to explain how I can believe in God and yet not love him. I know from what Jesus said that the most important thing is for me is to love him. What can I do if I don't love him? should i praise god that i don't love him i think of god as standing ready to punish me if i make a mistake please pray for me and give me any help that you can my comments the author comments the bible tells us in many places that we are to fear god for he is a holy and awesome god in proverbs the fear of the lord is described as the beginning of wisdom As reverent all as hating evil and providing a long life the only people who need to be in fear and terror of God are those who reject Jesus many people also have difficulty relating to God as a loving Heavenly Father because their earthly father is so unloving Whether our difficulties in loving God stems from personal experience or unbalanced teaching, the fact remains that God loves us enough to sacrifice his only son to take away our sins. Why? So that he could bring many children, those of us who believe and trust his plans of salvation, to himself. He did this because he loves us unconditionally. If we have difficulty receiving God's love, we need to cry out to the Lord and ask him to help us. The desire of God's heart is that we return his love, for he loves us infinitely beyond our ability to comprehend. God is faithful. He will help us as we cast ourselves upon his mercy. Then those who fear the Lord talk often one to another, and the Lord listened and heard it and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who reverence and worshipfully fear the lord and who thought of his name and they shall be mine says the lord of hosts and that day when i publicly recognize and openly declare them to be my jewels malachi 316 16 and 17 amplified our next letter is called transform The following letter is so unusual that you may find it difficult to believe. You may be offended by the writer's frankness, but her lifestyle is typically of a large segment of our American society. I knew I needed God when I woke up in a mental ward with restraints on my arms and legs. I had tried to commit suicide. I never had any love except God's. I was adopted when I was three days old. I am 19 now. When I was 13, I had sex with my brother. I thank God I had a miscarriage, but the whole story about me, I never been able to talk or write to anyone about this until now. I got married at 15. I had open heart surgery the same year. I had a baby at 16 and another at 17. My husband left after our second baby was born and we've been separated since then. I've been hanging around hippies and I started taking downers. I had an operation to keep me from getting pregnant again and sex became a part of every day of the week, usually with someone different each time. I felt no one loved me, so I took a whole bottle of sleeping pills and ended up in the mental ward. In the hospital, I began to feel that there were people who cared about me. A nurse gave me your book, Prison of Praise. While reading it, I cried so much that my pillow was soaking wet. It became real to me that God loves me. It was though tough to thank him for my past life but I did and then he made me into a new person what I used to be is not what I am now I am thankful that regardless of what I was God used your book to show me that he loves me the author comments the agony of guilt and shame is usually more damaging to us than the act of sin itself self-torture drives many people to self-destruction no matter how far from God any person is he is transformed when he understands that God loves him most people realize they are sinners nearly every down and out person I have ever known knows he is bad What he doesn't know is that God loves him enough to give him a new life, a brand new life that is free from all guilt. How can we feel guilty over something another person did? He took upon ourselves our sins. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. Our next letter is called I Disagree I recently read two of your books They are helpful and inspiring However, I will take issue With a statement you made On page two of Power and Praise To praise God for a difficult situation In this case, a father's alcoholism Means we accept it As part of God's plan To reveal his love to us I don't believe God wants us to live a life of degradation. He gives us free choice to seek his will or to live in our own selfish fashion. How can God be blamed if we choose our own way? If we allow him, he can and will direct us and bring something wonderful out of any situation. After finishing the book, I'm convinced this is your thinking too and that the wording is misleading. My brother-in-law at 60 years of age is a broken, unfulfilled, selfish man due to his choice choosing to drink alcoholic beverages. His health is poor after years of punishment to his body. He never sought God's guidance, and yet when his habit finally caught up with him, he blamed God. I believe it was a natural result of his disobedience and that he is still buck passing as he has done all these years to say that this was God's will for his life is unthinkable. He has so many talents so much to give others. I am searching for a clear cut understanding and would appreciate your comments. We know that things work for good as long as God is directing our lives. So you see, I am not taking issue with all that you say. For it has opened up a new way of thinking, and I am grateful beyond words. Life is sweeter, more relaxed, more meaningful with him as the center of all things. Thank you so very much. Now the author comments. I agree that people often disagree, disregard God's plan. This is the reason that I emphasize that all things work together for good to them that love God. If we do not love God and are not seeking his will, most of the things in our lives work against us and go against God's plan. However, I do know that God loves all men, though they fight against him and ruin their health. God is still trying to help them. Even acute alcoholism can be used to bring, be used by God to bring a person to accept Christ. Even acute alcoholism can be used by God to bring a person to accept Christ. As we release our faith to believe God is working even in the sad condition of alcoholism, His power is released to use the problem to draw a person to Christ. God will honor our faith. This does not mean that he approves, nor that we approve of sin. It simply means that we are trusting him to use everything to accomplish his purpose. We must not be discouraged that many do not immediately respond to his love. We may not understand, but we must trust that God knows every detail of our problems and desires to bring good out of Satan's evil schemes. We believe that God can use even a wasted life to draw one more person to Christ. Jesus came into the world to find that one lost sheep. He is concerned over the 99, but gave his life for the one who wasted his own life in ritualist living. As God used the sins of the prodigal son to bring him to his senses, he wants to use the experiences of, of all men to help them. Those who do not respond must fight against the love of God and do so on their own destruction and the scripture for this is rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost Luke 15:6. hey nurse praise due to the strife of my marriage I began to pray and read my Bible I still didn't feel any great release, even after the problems began to straighten out. But I continued to read and pray. I am a nurse, and I do private duty. One day I was taken from one case and placed with a Christian with terminal cancer. This wonderful Christian asked me if I had read Prison of Praise. I told her no, so she asked her family to bring it for me to read. As the days and weeks passed, my patient grew weaker. Often she would lapse into a coma. Most of the time she didn't know I was there. Your book was in the room, so I started reading it. Due to the severity of my patient's illness, the room was kept in darkness. The window shades were taped down and the door was kept closed no one entered the room except her doctor and the private duty nurses i had opened a crack between the shade and a window about one inch for enough light to read the more i read the more god dealt with my heart finally i was led to get my bible out of my pocketbook and fall on my knees to pray the bible was a testament my only son had to me the day he left home to attend college. He had been a Christian since he was 12 years old. With no help from me, he used to get up and go to Sunday school, leaving me asleep in bed. Other boys call him a square and a sissy because he carried his Bible in his car and tried to witness for Christ. As I knelt with my Bible in my hands, suddenly the darkened room became as bright as if a powerful floodlight had been turned on. I turned around to see who had come into the room. No one was there, and the door was closed. I started reading your book again, and this is what I read, my son. What I want you to know is that you never again worry whether anyone will overcharge you, hurt you, or mistreat you, unless it is my will. Your life is in the palm of my hand. You can trust me for all things. As you continue to thank me in all circumstances, you will see how perfectly I work out every detail in your life. As I read these words, I knew that Christ was my Savior. All this happened about 1 p.m., The patient had not moved or spoken on my shift, but the moment I accepted Christ, she stirred and said, Joyce, come hold my hand and let's pray. My son almost shouted when I telephoned and told him I had accepted Christ as my savior. In his rejoicing, he said, Mother, God has answered my prayers. I have been praying for you to become a Christian for many years. Since then, I have bought many copies of Prison and Praise, Power and Praise, and Answers to Praise. I am praying that God will lead you to more, to writing more books. You have solved my Christmas shopping problem as I plan to give one of my list your three books and a copy of the Living Bible. I only wish I had enough money to place a copy of Prison Praise in every hospital room and jail cell in this town. People who have known me for many years tell me that I even have a different facial expression from the one I used to have. I tell them I'm so happy to have Jesus for my friend that I want to shout it to the world my comments many are becoming known as one of those people with a silly grin a life of continual peace in Christ is intended for every child of God he designs his promises for those who have problems if you have felt left out start saying praise you Lord Thank and praise him continually, and his spirit will begin a new work in you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Say it with me. Say, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You're directly talking to the Lord. I am directly talking to the Lord when I say, praise you, Lord. Part two of Praise Works. Many are becoming known as one of those people with a silly grin. A life of continual peace in Christ is intended for every child of God. He designs his promises for those who have problems. If you have felt left out, start saying, Praise you, Lord. Thank and praise him continually, and his spirit will begin to... new work in you praise you Lord praise you Lord say it with me say praise you Lord praise you Lord you're directly talking to the Lord I am directly talking to the Lord when I say praise you Lord present tense Sephaniah 317 said the Lord is in your midst he is here standing right beside us Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Psalm 67.5 Our next story, a chaplain receives a letter. While I was in Vietnam, I was struck by the singular lack of power in my life. I believe in miracles because if it hadn't been for the healing power of God I would have died as a child I preached on miracles and encouraged people to believe God for them and God did answer some of our prayers in Vietnam in a miraculous way but somehow I couldn't reach the drug addicts who were sincere in wanting and needing help I would hear them ask Jesus to come into their hearts but no changes were evident I prayed and read the word faithfully, then I read your book. It started me to praising God for some things, but questions of war and horrendous accidents among the men acted as a block. I didn't see how I could praise God for such things as that. Then came the clincher. I got my orders assigned me to Fort Bellevue. I didn't want Fort Belgrade, Washington D.C. or anywhere on the East Coast. I wanted Fort Lewis or Fort Ord on the West Coast. When I called my wife via overseas phone, she wept about the assignment. Always before I had believed that God led me in each assignment, therefore I never bothered anyone with my orders when my orders came through. This time, I thought I would make an exception and go to the chief's office with some excuse and ask for a reassignment. But on the way to Fort Belvoir and the Washington area from San Francisco, I said, no, I will leave this in the hands of God. And thank him. The post chaplain assigned me to the religious education hospital slot. I didn't like that religious education was not favored of mine and I related poorly to medical personnel but I was stuck with it one Monday a spirit baptized Episcopalian woman came into my office to talk she telephoned me later that day to say that I was going to be baptized in the spirit within seven days great I thought I'm a candidate for anything God has for me. He can whip it on me anytime. The next Sunday, a spirit-baptized couple came to our youth meeting and many young people were filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought that was fine. Let's just go up to the altar and praise God for what he has already done, I suggested. We all went forward. I knelt, held my arms upward, and said, God, here I am at your disposal. Use me any way you can. With that, two young people came up and said, God has just showed us you are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you mind if we lay hands on you and pray? No, go right ahead. They prayed, and I felt nothing. I thought, well, that's part. For the course that's par for the course then one of them said let it out let it out I thought let what out let it out they said then I thought well if they want me to make funny sounds I can do that for them I did and I still felt nothing they all said praise God he's received I wasn't sure what I had received When they wanted to sing in tongues, I said to myself, no way, this isn't God. I doubted my experience for a week, but then decided that perhaps I should take what happened on faith. In the middle of the week following the experience, the senior chaplain called me into his office and said, you are relieved of your job. I do not want any Pentecostal influence around our young people. Since then, the things I see God doing through me simply amaze me. I marvel at his love and mercy. My mother and father now speak in tongues. A neighbor later was healed of epilepsy and baptized in the spirit. Fifteen young men gave their life to Christ in a jail service. I don't know what effects this will have on my career as a chaplain, but then that's not my business i praise god i have learned that it is all his business the author comments learning and growing and praising leads to all kinds of fascinating experiences we can never guess what god is going to do what he is going to do or how he is going to do it many people step into the baptism of the holy spirit when they start praising God for what is happening in their lives. Military chaplains are now receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. A four star army general is traveling around the country telling chaplains they need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Unbelieving senior chaplains are forced to stand back and let God do his thing. Times are changing. But you shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be a witness unto me." Acts 1-8. Our next letter is called, Brothers, Brother Not a Christian. I knew that you must be right about praising God for everything, however there is one thing that I am not able to praise God for. My brother is not a Christian and does not want to be. How can I thank God for this? The author, he comments, you have two choices, two choices. You can thank God that your brother is not a Christian and does not want to be, or you can thank God that he is going to be a Christian. If you have asked God to bring your brother to Christ, your opportunity needs now is to think of him as coming to Christ. Your opportunity now is to think of him as coming to Christ. Think of him as already belonging to God. To me, this is a much better answer, and I believe it is the truth about praising God. Those who keep their eyes on what is bad often live in fear those who place their confidence and trust in the promises Jesus gave us have a right to believe that God is answering their prayers. And scripture for this is 1 John 5, 14 to 15. This is the assurance we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what we ask of him again a letter comes in titled brother not a Christian the writer says I know you must be right about praising God for everything. However, there is one thing that I am not able to praise God for. My brother is not a Christian and does not want to be. How can I thank God for this? The author, he comments, you have two choices. You can thank God your brother is not a Christian and does not want to be. Or you can thank God that he is going to be a Christian if you have asked god to bring your brother to christ your opportunity now is to think of him as coming to christ think of him as already belonging to god to me this is a much better answer and i believe it is the truth about praising god those who keep their eyes on what is bad often live in fear those who place their confidence and trust in the promises Jesus gave have a right to believe that God is answering their prayers scripture for this is 1 John 5 14 and 15 NIV this is the assurance we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what we ask of him. 1 John 5, 14 15. Our next letter is titled, I Have Demons. My sister and brother-in-law are wonderful spiritual Christians. My brother-in-law went to a seminar where there were Christian speakers. He called and told us about a class... He attended on demonology. The next day, I prayed for my own deliverance from demons. I had no idea what to expect, but two demons left me. I asked my brother-in-law if he would pray for more demons to come out. We had listened to the tapes he had brought home, and I knew there were many demons in me. He held a regular deliverance service and many demons fled, but I knew all of them had gone, for they talked to him through me and told him there were many. I had the names of two more demons in me, numerology and mistakes. I know Satan is at work in me. How else can one person make so many mistakes? I have praised the Lord for my mistakes, but now, but how long does it take, he takes to help us? I feel so drained after the last mistake, I just don't know anymore. My, the author comments. When our attention is centered on demons, demons can be seen in everything. I have seen seen Christians get very happy when demons were thought to be cast out of them. But when these delivered persons had new problems, they say, I have another demon in me. (laughs) Where can I find someone to cast it out? This eventually leads to loss of faith, discouragement, and defeat. Demon activity is real. Let there be no doubt about this. The disciples cast evil spirits out of people so they would be free to accept Jesus as their Savior. Then, with Christ within, they too had the authority to fight against Satan, who was now on the outside. It is very important to recognize where Jesus is and where Satan is. After any misconceptions fills men with fear and eventually with doubt, even of their own salvation. 1 John 4.4, greater is he that is in you, Jesus, than he, Satan, that's in the world. Our next letter is called Doubting Thomas. Praise the Lord for people like you. Several weeks ago, I was stricken with a severe allergic reaction to a medication for a strep infection. I was hospitalized because my legs were so inflamed I couldn't walk. After nine days, there was no improvement. In fact, I was getting worse. The doctor arrived Saturday afternoon and told me they could try another type of medication. If that didn't work, they didn't know what they were going to do. The new medication would be started at midnight. I was scared, but I had just finished reading Prison of Praise. So I laid back on my pillow and in my simple way gave myself over to the Lord. I kept telling him how much I trusted him. Within 15 minutes, all the swelling and pain had left and I started walking. I felt peacefulness I have never known. This was even before the new medicine was even started. I have friends who tried to explain to me how easy it is to give one's life over to the Lord, but I was doubting Thomas. I felt I had to know so much more and study so much more before I would be ready. But without my realization, what was happening, the Lord made it so easy for me. My stay in the hospital was the greatest gift our Lord could have given me. He knows what he is doing. I am not reading your third book. And I am now reading your third book and can't put it down. Many of my my friends are going to receive your books for Christmas. God love you and take care of you every minute of your life. The author comments... Many complicated, involved solutions to healing are advocated by well-meaning people, and some are not so well-meaning. Healing comes by faith in God, as revealed through Christ. If you are tempted to declare, I have believed, but God has not done his part, please read the next paragraph carefully. To have the faith Jesus taught is easy, but we make it complicated. If we admit that we are at fault and never gone, we open the door for the Holy Spirit to bring healing. If healing does not come instantly, do not cry, it doesn't work. Say, say this, God is healing me. If anyone asks you, how are you? Declare to them, wonderful. Why say this? If we believe in our hearts that God is healing us, then we have the right and the responsibility to rejoice in that healing. Scripture is ten, Romans ten, verse nine. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thy heart, thou shalt be saved. Romans ten nine. The English word "save" is zozo. In Greek, strong concordance tells us that zozo means to save, deliver, protect, to heal, persevere, and to be made whole. Preserve and be made whole. Our next letter letter is entitled Brain Surgery. I read Prison of Praise in April of this year. I read it. I was scheduled for brain surgery to relieve the involuntary movement of my left side. I had had several palsy ever since I had a whooping cough shot. I read your book the day before I went into surgery. After surgery, I had so much pain in my head, I thought I was going to die. But my headache was so bad that I thought I couldn't stand it. I praised God for my pain. It would go away just like that. The minute I started feeling sorry for myself and say, oh God, why are you letting this happen to me? The pain would come back even worse than it was before. The Lord has been so good to me as I write this. I am filled with peace and completely without pain. The author comments, sorry for myself, a common failure, self-pity or a grumbling attitude holds back healing. This beautiful example of how God works should stimulate every reader's faith. In this case, the pain was so intense that God brought instant deliverance when this young lady praised him. Often pain has to flee when we praise God for the pain as it is. In other situations, he brings peace and enables us to rejoice in his love and joy that overcomes the pain. Scripture for this is Isaiah 53, 5, Amplified Bible. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, We are healed and made whole, Isaiah 53, 5. But but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are ill and made whole. Isaiah 53 5. Amen. Part 3. A blind girl visits me. One Saturday evening, about 10 o'clock, I received a telephone call asking me if I could talk to a girl who was nearly blind and desperately needed encouragement. The caller suggested that the girl probably would kill herself before morning unless someone helped her. I said that I would talk with her, although my natural inclination was to say that I couldn't at that late hour. After the telephone conversation, I confessed that a grumbling spirit tried to control my mind. I thought of the four services I would have the next day, how late it was, and about about the prospect of receiving people that night at 11 o'clock. I also thought about the early hour I would be compelled to get up Monday morning to fly from California to Florida. Oh, Lord, will I have the strength to do all of this? The Spirit said, if you will praise me and thank me, you will experience something wonderful from this. I couldn't think of anything wonderful that might happen, but I determined to be thankful for this later lake caller the people did not arrive until about 11:30 p.m i led the girl into our living room while observing that she could see large objects. after sharing my faith in god's power to heal her i felt urged to place my hands on her head and pray when i was through praying i was directed to make a bold step of faith i said now open your eyes and tell me what you see I see you in front of me. I opened my Bible and held it in front of the girl. She read from a fine print Bible, word for word, and I knew that God had touched her eyes. If he had permitted a spirit of grumbling to overwhelm my spirit of praise and thanksgiving, I would have prevented God from doing what he wanted to do. There will be instances in your life in which God can powerfully change many situations if you faithfully practice thanking him for everything. We never know what God will do until we follow his word and thank him in all situations. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 what shall i eat how can i praise the lord when everything i eat causes me intense pain the doctors cannot find anything wrong with me but i keep on suffering should i stop eating should i lie and say i feel good when i don't Marilyn Carrados comments response many people carefully observe their body and react to its slightest symptom when the body says, I feel good, they react in joy. When the body says, I feel bad, they react in sadness or fear. Their body becomes the center of attention. It heaps demands upon demands. Anxious concentration is placed on what shall we eat, what shall we not eat. When we give our bodies over to him, the Lord, they then become his responsibility. Matthew 6:25 says do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink once I had about 50 foods that made me ill now almost nothing does Satan learned that every time he used the food to distress me I praise the Lord for the distress this cleared the way for God to heal me so whether you eat or drink whatever you do it do it all for the glory of God first 1 Corinthians 1031. NIV Seven Christian friends I do not know how to thank you enough For your prayers I wrote and asked you to pray That God will help me To find some Christian fellowship Here in prison You wrote and told me That God will soon supply me With seven Christian friends It was difficult for me To believe this Come on but there seems to be No Christian men here But to my surprise, you were right, and God has answered your prayers. I soon have seven Christian friends, and now the number has grown. I rejoice and praise the Lord for the wonderful things He is doing. Please send me six copies of Prison of Praise. There are men here who need to read it. It is nearly unbelievable to see what God is doing. Thank you for sending us the first copies of Prison of Praise. For they have changed my life and now the lives of many men. The response. God is reaching into all levels of society and drawing members of his body together. We cannot even imagine the many ways that God will use us if we let the Holy Spirit lead us. As you read this, ask God to lead you into whatever ministry he has designed for you. If his answer does not seem glamorous or exciting, do not refuse to listen. God has his plan, and although your part may seem small and unimportant, your obedience will bring tremendous results. For he is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. Ephesians 2.14 from a nun, I can't thank you enough for the copies of Prison of Praise you sent me. I will give to those in need. Thanks to you, I am happy and at peace. You helped me find the real Christ. My comments. What kind of faith have you found? Religion may give you a sense of peace because it satisfies our need to do good. But religion doesn't give Christ joy. One of Jesus' missions was to bring to us the secret of how to have joy. The fruit of his Holy Spirit is joy. Rejoice that you were born in a country where you heard the good news of what Jesus Christ came to the world to do. Rejoice in every detail of your life. Rejoice even when you don't even know what to rejoice about. Rejoice. You will show me the path of life, and your presence is fullness of joy. Psalm 1611. Two wayward sons, I have been reading your books and have been trying to believe that something good is going to happen to my two sons. I raised them to believe in God and have taken them to church since they were babies. They refused to accept Christ and have left home. I do not know where they are are, or what they are doing. How can I be thankful that they may be doing something wrong or may even be in jail or a hospital? I would appreciate any help you can give me. My response. Before your sons left, did you ask God to do whatever was necessary to help them accept Christ? If he did, are you willing to let God win them his way? Or will you insist that he do it your way? If you are willing to let God win your boys to Christ in his own way, he will answer your prayers. God is bound by his own promises to you, but he can do only what what you trust him to do. I recommend that you believe God is using the present position of your boys to lead them to Christ. Turn them over to him and believe that he is carefully doing all that is necessary. They may need to go through difficult experiences, but that will be far better than having no problem and dying without knowing Jesus as Savior. I will say to the north, Give them up, and to the south, Do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Isaiah 43, 6. A letter from a Jewish girl I am so glad God led me to purchase prison to praise. My mother has never confessed Christ as Messiah and Savior. This bothers me continually. Satan has a field day until you taught me to trust God. I am now at peace concerning mom and all my family. Knowing he does inhabit the praise of his people. My comments. Christians all too often live in torment over the spiritual condition of their loved ones. They feel it would be wrong for them to carry anything less than a heavy burden for those they love. This is one of Satan's most clever tricks. He uses our burdens to rob us of our Christian joy. If we are overflowing with thanksgiving and praise, God uses our praise to increase our faith. And our faith it releases God's power to work in our loved ones. Jesus gained the victory for us. We are to rejoice in what he is doing for those we love. If the Jewish girl can believe for her family, you and I can too. Thou art holy and thrown on the praises of Israel, Psalm 22:3. 3. Our next letter is called, I Refuse. The Lord called me to serve him 40 years ago, but I refused. Many people could have been helped if I had not decided to do just what I wanted to do. I cannot see any reason, to thank God, that I turned him down. It bothers me every time I think about it. Can you help me? My response is, says pastor. If we dwell on our mistakes, they will continue to hurt us and grow. And the blessing we could not be to the world will never happen. But if we thank God, he will take our mistakes and use them to help others. Give thanks that he is doing it, and he will, he promises to. I knew a man in this same situation who turned his problem over to God and was quickly filled with amazing joy. When he spoke to young people about the mistakes he had made in choosing his life work, they responded. Many of these young people have now gone into full-time Christian work as a result of this man's faith that God will use even his past mistakes. In this man's case, it is easy to see the benefits of praising God for ourselves as we are, but in others it is not so evident. However, it is not our, our job to see the evidence Our responsibility is to believe that God will take our life as it is and use everything we have done or not done to build his kingdom. If you want to waste the rest of your life feeling sorry about your mistakes, that is your choice. But I can tell you that it does not have to be that way. Praise God for your mistakes. Believe that he has been and continue working them for you good, for your good and you will experience new joy and strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength, Nehemiah. The end. <laughs> Praise and thanks. It may seem an unimportant question, but I want to know the difference between praise and thanks, or is there a difference? My comments. Ephesians 5.20 reads, Give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In strong concordance, the Greek words that are translated giving thanks mean... To be grateful, to express gratitude. According to Strong's Concordance, to praise God means to applaud, to celebrate, to glory in, and to honor. The sacrifice of praise in Hebrews 13 15 means an offering of thanksgiving or praise. How do we apply this in our lives? To give thanks to God and to praise the Lord is to say, Lord, I don't understand how you can bring anything good out of this, but I am trusting your loving wisdom. It is saying, I'm really hurting, Lord, but I'm casting all my hurts and cares on you. And by the way, Lord, I'm casting myself on your great mercy. I trust you, Lord, and I trust your infinite love for me. Praise our God, O peoples, let the sound of His praise be heard, Psalm 66. Be thankful and still ask, how can I be thankful for my life as it is and still ask God to change things? I don't understand. How do I be thankful and still ask? Marilyn Caroters writes, When we ask God to change anything, it is most important that our attitude be pleasing to Him. Consider the case of the Jews in the desert. It was hot and dusty, and they were carrying all their possessions. For three days, they had no water. Their bodies were craving liquid. It would have been natural for them to plead with God for help, but they chose to complain. Their attitude was wrong. They didn't see God as the one who loved them and wanted to supply their need. They felt he was failing them. Their attitude caused God to be angry. He declared that all the complainers would never enter the promised land. This story reveals how much God hates complaining. He wants us to pray and to ask Him to meet all our needs, but He wants prayers to be based on trust in His wisdom, His love, and His perfect justice. If the Jews have said, God, you have us here in the desert for our own good, we disobeyed you and now we are suffering the consequences. We will stay here in the desert until you decide to lead us out. We are thirsty because we need to be, to teach us obedience. But Father, we are weak and desperate. We plead for your mercy, please give us water. The history of their journey would have been different. God would have given them water and probably led them out of the desert much sooner. We should come to God with a thankful heart. You know what is best for me. Father, you are working good in my life. I love and trust you. But Father, I hurt. Please reach out and touch me. Please help me to believe all your promises. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Psalm and 19. God blesses my son. My son was an excellent example of a good boy. He had been a fine Christian in every sense of the word. He is loving husband and a real father to his children. His church community to respect him. Some time back his job fell apart. The company that employed him lost business and his pay kept falling. When he was down to working two days a week he had to sell his beautiful home. He kept believing God would help him. My son used the equity from the sale of his home to purchase a business. We all prayed and believed that this was the reason his job had become so poor. We praised the Lord for giving him this new, very prosperous-looking business opportunity. But the business venture collapsed, and our fate was at a low ebb. Then we found Prisoner of Christ in our local bookstore. We united in thanking God for the whole thing just as it was. A completely unexpected thing happened, something we had never dreamed of. God spoke to my son and told him, He was to enter full-time Christian work. The guidance was clear and positive. Finally, our eyes were open and saw, we saw what God wanted to do. Now we are rejoicing. We have learned to trust Him in a new way. My comments. When we thank and praise God for devastating problems, we open the way for Him to make things work for our good. He can even use our failures. He wants us to rejoice in his answers before we see them. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Psalm 3, 5 verse 6. I resented my weakness. For more years than I can remember, I resented my physical weakness. I thought of how many things I could do for God if I didn't become exhausted so easily. I knew something was causing my weakness. And I prayed daily to be healed. I tried to believe that God healed me through Christ, but the physical weakness continued and grew worse with age. Then I read Prisoner Praise. It seemed ridiculous to be thankful for my weakness, but I tried. When my praise started taking effect, I soon believed that God could use me exactly as I was. A new joy over me as I was grew inside. I learned to like the me that I was. With this came a gradual yet obvious change in my body. I felt less and less tired. I kept getting stronger. Praise the Lord for what has happened to me. My comments. God wanted this lady to praise him so he could manifest his strength in her weakness. If you have a physical, emotional, or mental weakness, praise God for you just as you are. He will take your praise and lift you to new heights in whatever way he selects. If you expect him to do for you exactly what he has done for someone else, you may be disappointed. Trust God to do for you what he knows is best. And I promise you, you will always be thoroughly and completely satisfied as the day's soul shall my strength be I didn't mean it I prayed God I believe you and I will trust you to work this thing out for good but I didn't mean it I didn't believe God will work it out and the situation kept getting worse no matter how I prayed it gets more painful If I tell God that I believe he will work this thing out for my good, it is just plain lying. What do I do? My comments. We must be honest with God and say, I want to trust you, but I can't believe that you are going to change this terrible situation. Please help me. Jesus, help me to believe. It is good to find a scripture promise that addresses our particular need, such as Jeremiah 29:11, which says, "For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and a future." Then we can honestly say, "Jesus is helping me to believe God's promises." With, it, with it, His help, I can grow in trusting God. To admit that we cannot believe God without his help is a greater blessing than to think we can have faith without his help. Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Mark, Mark 9, 24. And that concludes to page 68. We just read from 62 to 68 in the book Praise Works. Thank you very much. 68 epilepsy I had epileptic teachers every week of my life only those who have lived with this disease know the horror it brings after I knew Jesus as my savior I was less unhappy but the seizures continue when I heard about praising the Lord for my sickness it sure didn't make any sense to me how could I a young person be thankful for this horrible thing But, as you would know it, I praise the Lord. My faith grew. The seizures decreased in frequency and intensity. Jesus was helping me. I stopped taking my medicine and still felt well. When my parents found out about the medicine, they were upset and wanted me to go back on it. I begged them to let me continue as I was. They insisted that I had to go to the doctor and to see what he said. I was given a brainwave test and fully expected the results to be negative. The doctor surprised me when he said there were still positive evidence that my brain was suffering from epilepsy and that I had to go back on my medication. I said, well, why haven't I had any seizures for several months if I am still so ill? He had no explanation for this but said I was sure to have continual attacks. I was confused. What should I do? My parents were now even more intense that I go back on the medicine. In prayer, I felt a returning peace, and certainly that God was healing me. I again begged my parents to let me stay off the medicine until they saw the first positive evidence that I had to have it. To this, they finally agreed. That was over a year ago. I have taken no medicine and have enjoyed perfect health. I thank the Lord for teaching me to praise Him. And trust him. Your books, on praise have greatly fortified my faith. And I thank you for helping me to enjoy the great blessings of health. My comments. Very often I am asked, should I stop taking my medicine if I am believing God to heal me? I always say, let the Holy Spirit guide you. Only he knows how God wants to heal you. Those who say you should throw away your medicine are wrong. This advice to those who do not have the faith for healing can bring unnecessary pain and suffering. When the Holy Spirit gives us the faith to know that we are healed, this is the time to stop taking medicine. In Isaiah 53.5 says, NIV, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Amen. One more time. He was pierced for our transgressions, for our sins. He pierced his hands. He was crushed in the head for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And we're thankful for that. And by his wounds, we are healed. Isaiah 53.5. Thank you, Heavenly Father God, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to do all this for us. Lord, our transgressions are eliminated. Our iniquities are forgiven. Our peace is restored in him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We are whole. A Catholic sister writes to other Catholic sisters. Next letter is about a Catholic sister writing to other Catholic nuns. I have some good news to share with you. For 30 years my full-time work has been teaching year teaching people how to get into heaven. A few weeks ago I found how easy it is. I was talking to Sister Rose, and she showed me a book called Prison of Price. She gave me all kinds of reasons why I should read it. While she was trying to convince me, I was thinking about all the work I had to do in my office, the things I had to prepare for my first communion class. And besides all that, I was supposed to help with the spring housecleaning here at the Covenant. However, I took the book just to be polite. The next day, I decided I better read a few pages. Just so I could tell Sister Rose I had started it. I found it so exciting, I could not put it down. The author, Marilyn Carrados was in the Army, and he was also in prison. I won't tell you about the crimes he committed. He was an intelligent man, and the FBI had a hard time catching him. When he got out of prison, he was almost a millionaire and still a young man. He made his money in a dishonest way but the FBI had not found out about that. Mr. Carruthers made the mistake of going to visit his grandmother on a Sunday afternoon. She wanted him to go to church with her that evening. He said he couldn't go because one of his friends was coming to pick him up. This was a big lie. He tried to call all of his friends to ask someone to pick him up, but nobody answered, so he had to go to the church. With his grandmother, he thought, What a foolish way to spend a Sunday evening when there are so many exciting things to do. At church, he noticed how happy the people were, much happier than he was in spite of his money. That night, God changed his life. God filled this criminal with his grace and love. Later, he became an army chaplain and went back to the very same place he had been, a handcuffed prisoner. Chaplain Carrados found out that the most powerful prayers are prayers of praise and thanksgiving Most of us are always saying prayers of Give me this or give me that he studied the Bible and realized that God the most loving of all fathers Who planned every detail of our lives with the most loving care? the chaplain tells about how many about many people who came to him for advice He told them that God had permitted their problems and that he would bring good out of them if they would praise and thank him. Naturally, he had great difficulty convincing most of the people that this was true. But once they praised and thanked God for their problems, great things did happen. All types of people came to the chaplain. Some were very sick. Others were too in deep depression. Some on the verge of committing suicide, he told them God loves them and God would bring good out of these things if they would praise and thank him for them. Many of these people said, but I have never done very much for God. I really don't deserve to have God do anything for me. He told them that was true. None of us deserve to receive God's gift, but God does not give us his gift because we deserve it. He gives us his gift because he loves us. All we have to do is to believe that he loves us. It is easy to trust God when everything is going fine. It is difficult when we have a serious illness are in a car accident or out of work, etc. God tells us that he has prevented these things and that if we trust him, he will bring good out of them. It makes me very sad when I meet so many people who think it is hard to go to heaven get to heaven some people travel the road of fear when they should travel the road of love when we realize that God loves us we must love him God loves us is a million times greater than the love of any mother for her child these books are filled me with such joy and peace I had to tell you about them there's only one difficulty about reading these books most people who read them want to buy one for each of their friends and this could be expensive. I hope I have convinced you that you should read these books, but just in case I haven't, I dare you to read them. I guarantee that you will be amazed at the happy results. My comments. When publicity like this, the praise books will reach into the farthest corners of the the world. Thank you, sister, for believing enough to do something to share your belief with others. There is no greater stimulus to our own enthusiasm than to share it with others. God did not give us his blessings to keep to ourselves. Rather, Jesus told us to go tell the good news of the gospel to all people. Uh, In the King James Version, Matthew 5.15, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Amen. Amen. And we end in page 74. Page 74 Praise Works. Try harder, more trouble. We desperately need your prayers. We have so many problems. I don't even know where to begin. My husband drinks all the time. For 15 years he drank a lot, but now it is all the time that he is off work. He loves his drinking friends, but he has no time for his family. He thinks his friends are perfect, and there is nothing good about us. His hatred causes our very young daughter to get pregnant by a boy of another color. The boy wants to marry her, but my husband will not allow it. You wouldn't believe how often my husband has beaten me. This only happens when he is drunk, but since he is drunk all the time, I live in fear. I have tried with all my heart to be a good wife, but nothing I do is right. I want us to go to church and have a Christian family, but he won't go. When he beats me, he is usually sorry that next day and tells me he will never do it again. Then he acts as if he loves me, and I know I do love him, despite what he does. I love him. It breaks my heart to see our lives and families thrown away. I got away from the God I knew when I was a young girl, but now I know he is still there. The harder I try to get close to him, the more troubles we have. Please tell me what to do. Marilyn C- comments: "This problem is different from all the ones many people have, but the cause is the same. Hey guys, I'm Andre <laughs> this problem is different from all the ones many people have, but the cause is the same. Sometimes it is difficult to see why people have to go through such frustration. In this situation, it is easy to see what is happening. She writes, The harder I try to get closer to him, the more troubles we have. When anyone tries to get closer to God, Satan will rear his ugly head. He attacks those who want to get close to God. The weapon he uses are many. But the plan is the same. If he can't keep our eyes on our problems, he can keep our eyes off God. But we can turn the tables on him by thanking God for whatever is happening. She is getting close enough to God to give Satan costs to worry. It may hurt us to think of Satan using someone we love to fight against us. But remember that Satan will use anyone who will let him. Whether she chooses to stay with her husband and seek help or leave him, she should know that God loves her and will use her situation to help her. Her faith in God will release God's power to help her entire family. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment, Psalm 62, 11. Our next letter is called For Others. I have heard several altars speak and they were just plain black from beginning to end and I didn't know what they were talking about. When I went with my parents to hear you, I wasn't looking forward to it. Another writer, I wailed. I tried to get set as comfortable as possible to endure whatever of your ideas you might be expounding on but when you opened your mouth you immediately got my attention i could see you really believed in what you were saying i relaxed and decided to listen for at least a little while the longer you talked the more interested i got you seemed so happy i started feeling happy myself i realized i was sitting on the edge of the pew trying not to miss a word Your ideas on praising God were unique, but you sort of pulled me in as you poured out one illustration after another about the power of praise. I became even more interested. Your enthusiasm and excitement were really catching. I didn't have any real problems in my own life, but I thought of what your ideas could do to help other people. I've always wanted to do something to help other people, but I had never thought of anything that I could do. By the end of your message, I was was really high. I could see that most people of the people there were excited. Even then, I was amazed at the number of people who went forward when you gave an invitation. Most of them were weeping, and I never seen anything like that in my church. But what happened that night isn't the reason I'm writing. When I went back to college the next day, I decided I was going to put your ideas into practice. When anything happened that seemed a little unpleasant, I said out loud, Praise the Lord. But usually not very loud. It worked. I kept feeling better all day. I was excited over my discovery. The next day, I started saying, Praise the Lord, loud enough for other people to hear it. They usually laughed at me, but I noticed that when they mimicked me, they had smiles on their faces. Several of them said, Praise the Lord to me when we passed in the halls. I knew they were sort of making fun of me, but I also saw we were becoming better friends. Then some of these same kids wanted to talk with me about this new kick I was on. When I explained, they were not convinced, but I asked them to try it. Several have already told me they are now much happier. Some of them haven't accepted Christ yet, but the door is open and I am at last getting the chance to do something for others. My comments. To do something for others, this is a powerful need in every Christian's heart. We feel the desire, but often don't know what to do. Here is something you can get your teeth into. Every time something unpleasant happens to you, say, praise the Lord. Try it when you are alone. Then first, then let others in on your secret instead of your usual grumble when you have to do something you prefer not to do give a hearty praise the Lord you may not feel like <clears throat> praising the Lord but do it anyhow God won't hold back the blessings because you don't feel like it when others see and hear your happy responses they will be drawn to respond as you do God will bless them and you Ephesians four twenty nine NIV do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Disjockey. Jockey. The next letter is called disjockey. Jockey. Prison of Praise introduced us to praising God for all things. My husband and I believe that all things work together for our good, We thought Christians should praise God in all circumstances, but praising God for all circumstances was a new idea to us. At the time, we were having difficulties with our rebellious 15-year-old son, and we praised the Lord for each manifestation of his rebellion. As things got progressively worse with each day bringing a major crisis, we gave up in despair and placed our son in a treatment center. At this point, we reread Prison of Praise and Power and Praise, convinced that this was the only pathway to victorious living. We began again to thank God for our son exactly as he was. Again, the crisis came thick and fast. On a Friday night, we faced a particular hard phrase challenge and called my sister to join us in a little prayer. Chapel to praise and pray. We left there with some measure of peace and a determination to continue to praise, but still no real joy. The next morning I was home alone when the phone rang. It was a disc jockey on the local rock radio station. He offered me the money in their cash jackpot if I could tell him the exact amount of money in it. I told him my two teenagers were gone, that by choice I never listened to his station and had no idea how much money was in his pot. He told me he, ha- I had just lost <clears throat> 1057 55. I hung up the phone and praised the Lord for the loss of $1,057.55. The more I praised the Lord, the more genuine my praise became. The more I thought about what would have happened had the kids been home to answer the phone, the more jubilant I became. By the time my husband came home, an hour and a half later, I was skipping through the house. I told him what had happened. I took a minute for him to get on my wavelength. Our expenses with psychiatrists and psychologists for our son had been astronomical, and $1,057.55 did sound pretty good, but soon he began to praise too. That was the first time a radio station had called us and the first time we had an opportunity to win money. Just as my husband said, well, if the Lord had wanted you to have it, you would have known the amount. The phone rang when my husband answered. He turned to me and asked, how much was it that we didn't win? I said, $1,057.55. And he repeated it into the phone. Then he came back and sat down we just won $1,057.55, he said. We what? Yes. It was the same radio station with another disjockey jockey calling. Two calls in one day when we had never had one such call in our entire lives. It was his sweet assurance that our praise pleased him. It bolstered our faith in the power of praise. I would like to report that we have not... W- Waver since then, but the going is still rough. We know He is working things out perfectly, but we know it only by faith, and our praise is still something tearful. Marilyn Carothers comments: One day we will realize that God, has His own plan, has His own plan and does His work in the way He wants to do it. Please do not read the above letter and think, I wish God would give me $1,000 to meet my needs. Thank Him that He is meeting your needs in just the right way. He knows exactly what is best for the eternal Spirit that lives within you. Please do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying that God wants anyone to be poor. Many people are poor because they have been unwise. I am saying that if you have done your very best to claim God's promises of prosperity, and are still poor, you may well need to ask yourself, am I being wise in how I handle the money that I do have? Am I honoring God with my finances? If your answer is yes to both of these questions, then you can trust that God is providing what you need. Rejoice and be glad in it. Your praise may release your need, and God will then prosper you. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruit of your income. Proverbs 3, 9. Praise power. Now, our next letter is called praise power. It was a real blessing to read answers to praise apparently hot off the press how it must thrill you from the tip of your toes to the top of your head to see the way God is using you. It would take about 100 typewritten pages to cover the past year, but I am condensing this testimony into a few basics. It is exciting to see the miracle God did and how it has affected lives around me. For many years I attended church, but there was always a wall between God and me. A wall I was afraid to break. Then, three years ago, our Methodist church planned a a lay witness mission. I managed to get involved in the planning. Much to my dismay, I knew that during the mission, I would make a commitment to God, and that frightened me. During the meeting of the... uh, uh, All the outsiders kept saying, God loves you, and I love you. I felt terribly uncomfortable during the final Sunday's message. I felt like the coordinator was looking straight through me. He had an altar call for those who wanted more of God in their lives, or something on that order. I found myself going forward as if a magnet was drawing me. I didn't understand then. Then, According to Scripture, the Holy Spirit draws men to Christ. I never read the Bible, but the, sh- but the shell was broken, and I was open to learn. About this time, our son became desperately ill with a paralytic disease. I spent hours weeping and sobbing, feeling that my world had caved in. Oh, that someone had told me about Christ and the victorious life. We can live in him through praise. My mom arranged for us to visit a fate healer, a spiritualist. I, I didn't realize the dangers involved. After working with our son for a time, the healer had him walking across the room, the first steps, in many months. We saw him a second time, and this time he felt electricity going through his body. But when we got back home, our son could not even crawl on his belly. He kept regressing until the paralysis affected his hands and even his optical nerves. I was desperate for help and thoroughly confused. Next, I visited the Science of Mind Church, knowing that several friends were quite happy there. I returned home with a book on ultimate reality and all sorts of inner confusion and turmoil. I began to wonder who Jesus was, whether he was just a man, and I even began to wonder if God was real. Finally, I literally sobbed out, God, if you're there, I am all confused and mixed up. And I don't know where to go or what to believe. Help me. Who is Jesus? Is he really God? I got to know. Oh, help me. Boy, I didn't realize what I was asking for. Things began to happen fast. At luncheon, I heard about Jesus in a new way. A young couple giving their testimony really touched my heart, and I noticed the next day in church that I felt strangely exuberant. After church, I was, I was at home in the bathroom just singing away, and I found myself singing out funny sounds, almost like an opera. I was dumbfounded. Later, I was engrossed in a book on spiritual healing. As I read accounts of healing, I had a funny sensation. Words in a funny language poured out of my mouth. I wonder what on earth was happening to me. Fortunately, God was always arranging things so nicely. I had the phone number of the luncheon leader. I contacted her and found out I probably had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. She thought I, might, I must be speaking in tongues. She thought... But I had never heard of such a thing. I didn't realize, of course, that speaking in tongues brings edification and power. Two weeks after this experience, my son was rehospitalized 150 miles away from home. I tried to keep my chin up, but found myself dreadfully depressed and downtrodden with three other handicapped children at home to care for. I became so exhausted I could barely function. I thought of running away and never coming back, but I continued to attend the luncheons, which uplifted me a bit. Then it happened. A friend invited me to a New Year's Eve service at the assembly. This was a foreign idea to me, attending church on New Year's Eve, but no one had invited us to party, praise the Lord, and I was in no shape to give one myself. So I dragged my husband along and there we were, watching those funny people raise their hands in prayer I thought, you gads, what will my husband think of all this? Then I noticed he was playing follow the leader. I thought, what the heck? Lift my own arms and praise, and the, the depression left like magic, never to return. I have been on cloud nine ever since, except short, intermittent and periods, and they were my fault. I learned that the Spiritism is of the devil and renounce all association with it. I began to realize that our son's false healing was satanic. I praised God for opening my eyes to so much. I've been taught that hell and Satan were not real. I learned the, the truth in those areas too. The hospital allowed our son to come home on a visit. I arranged a genuine healing service at our church for him and for others in need. I honestly believe that our son was hop right? out of his wheelchair, and turned down the aisles. But he didn't make a muscle. He didn't move a muscle. God had much more for us to learn. The next evening, the evangelist asked if any who fasted and prayed for healing felt their prayers were not answered. Guess who jumped up? He had me place my hands on the Bible and claim God's healing promises. I fell prostrate for over an hour. And God spoke to me, saying, He is healed, praise God, for the gift of faith, as I never again doubted the healing, though there were no visible evidence of it. The hospital called me a few days later and chewed me out royally for taking my son out in public. Our paralyzed son, with little respiratory system left, was sick as a dog, running a high fever. I knew this was satanic, and I rebuked Satan in the name of Jesus and told him to get lost. God tells me my son is healed and I believe him, I said. The next morning, our son could lift his legs, roll over in bed and crawl on his hands and knees. He astonished everyone. The hospital staff looked for logical reasons for the overnight recovery. After three years, he experienced another setback and the hospital sent him home. For three weeks, I cared for a paralyzed boy whose wheelchair weighs 65 pounds. It was rough to keep praising God. But because I knew my son was healed, I ignored the problem. I didn't feel burden, then sickness descended again. He caught the flu, but as we praise God he improved rapidly. One day he could partially dress himself, the next day he could climb into a tub, etc. This summer he began walking a few steps. By August he was riding a bike and climbing trees. He has everyone astounded. His wheelchair and all the trimmings have been donated to the school for handicapped children, as he can now climb right up the school but keeps but bus steps without assistance, praise God. As he can now climb right up the school bus steps without assistance, praise God. This is just one tiny portion of what God has done in my life the past few months. It is truly fantastic. I know no other word to describe all the emotional and physical healing we experience. I have asked God to reveal himself to me. He continues to answer my prayer in mighty ways. My comments. Reading and answering piles of letters often exhaust me. I finish this letter with a song of joy and experience new strength in my own body. Had this letter done anything for you? If you wrestle with the problem of physical healing, read the letter again. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand how God worked. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who is promised is faithful. Hebrews 10:23. Pass